potential summer moves next on this edition of Locked on Capitals. Your Locked on Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we have the guys from the What the Puck podcast back on the show as we talk about the net minding situation with the Capitals. Is there any moves that we think that could take place there? We talk about the Caps blue line and are there any potential free agents or trades that the Capitals will go after? We'll talk to those guys coming up. Let's take a, a look at potential trade pieces and how uh, the Capitals could get better. Um, you know, we were talking about um, William Nylander earlier in the comparison. You know, if they traded uh, for Tom Wilson, would William Nylander be a good option for this team? A uh, trade board ranks him third, age 27, 22, 23 stats, 40 goals, 47 assists, and 82 games. Cap hit 6.962 million, signed through 23, 24. Dan, I'll go to you here. William Nylander, would you be all in on William Nylander on this team? And what would the Capitals have to give up to get someone like him? Would I be in on him coming? Yeah, because this team was what, like 20th or worse in goal scoring? Uh, yeah, we need goals. And he scores them. And apparently no one else on the Capitals does. So I would definitely be for him, but it depends on what you're going to give up. If they're like, we want... Um, I don't know, Iorio and LaPierre in a first round pick. I'm going to, thanks for, we'll see ourselves out. <laughs> like that's definitely not happening. But if they, you know, if they're, because Toronto is just such a wild card right now in terms of what are they going to do next? And it's such a, to me, Toronto is such a strange hockey market because they always have to win now. But it's almost like, it's like being a Commanders fan here in DC. Where you're just like, can everybody calm down and let's take a breath and see what <laughs> we need to do next? Like Toronto is just, everything is so high strung. And so, I almost wonder, like, can we send them Kuznetsov and like a pick, uh, you know, a high pick and say, hey, look, we want to win now. Here's Kuznetsov and a, and a, a next year's first round pick or next year's second or this year's second round pick or something along those lines. I haven't looked at the draft in terms of what we actually have. Um, but can we make a move like that, knowing potentially Kuznetsov wants out? Allegedly, he said, you know, he's won out for two years. If Toronto is going to do something crazy and sounds like they want to shake up their roster a bit, uh, would they be interested in making that kind of move in terms of bringing him in? Would they be interested in taking in? I don't like the Wilson for Nylander move one-to-one -one or anything like that, because I think what they get in goal scoring, they lose in physicality. And I don't think it's a good enough because it hurts them in the long run in terms of the physicality aspect. But if they're, you know, if the caps want to bring him in and they're willing to give up someone like Kuznetsov, Mantha is not going to be enough. I don't think they'd take Mantha in a first round pick for him. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. It's up to them, obviously, but I think it's something where, you know, they have a good amount of young defensemen. If they want to shake up the, the blue line, then you have an opportunity there to potentially make a move. 
So I'm all in on Nylander, but I got to know what it costs first. I think they would have to give up a ton for him. I'm saying a big name player, and I don't even know if it's Kuznetsov. Everyone knows what kind of player he is. He has the potential of being really great, but he's very hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. And I think that other people are going to see that as well. So I kind of, I would think it would be someone big, like maybe a bigger piece on the team plus, you know, a, a LaPierre or a Connor McMichael, you know, something of great value like that. Uh, another player that I've heard uh, talked about a little bit more, I saw it in the athletic, also Sammy Silver from the hockey news is Debrinket, uh, which is a bit intriguing for me as well. Uh, we know that he went from the Blackhawks to the Senators, and it doesn't seem like he has a home there. Age 25, his 22-23 stats, 27 goals, 39 assists, and 82 games signed through restricted free agent with arbitration rights. Uh, in his first season in Ottawa, Debrinket saw a drop in goals to 27 from 41. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about it? Would you be all in on Debrinket, or do you kind of see his trajectory going in a downward uh, direction? I mean, all the numbers that you have right there that you just read off, all of that makes sense, and that would be a good fit for the Capitals. But I don't know if I would be all in just because, like Dan said, I don't know what we would be willing to give up. The Caps are in such a weird space right now because – Ovechkin's days as a capital, you know, they are numbered. We do have an end date, you know, with that contract. So this team needs to be in a win now type of mentality. However, you also have to think about the days after Ovechkin. So you do need that young talent. You can't trade away all of these guys that you are banking on to be the future uh, in hopes that, you know, you'll be able to get guys later on down the road because you got to win now. So, Again, I think it really is what are you willing to give up? And they, like you said in the earlier in the show, everybody knows the value of these players that we have on the team. And a couple of years ago, that value probably was a lot higher. You're going to have to give up more to get a player like that. But the Capitals also at the same time, I will say they like players that are on that, you know, on that downward trajectory almost because then we kind of lift them up. We just saw it last year with Sonny Milano. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, uh, just taking a look at sometimes the players, their ability to find diamonds in the rough, like you were talking about there. Um, so Brett Conley also comes to mind there as well as a guy that came here, kind of an unknown for the most part, killed it here, subsequently went on from here. I believe he went to the Panthers, and then he kind of just disappeared into obscurity there. So another player that's interesting for me, and I'm hearing more and more talk about this, is do the Capitals try and bring Dmitry Orloff back? Um, we all hear all the time this team wants to get younger, they want to get faster, and are we trying to bring Dmitry Orlov, uh, Orlov back for sentimental reasons because, you know, he gives us all warm, fuzzy feelings because we're Caps fans, um, or are we just trying to retread a tire that we should just say, you know, you had a great time here, let's move on from him, because you take a look at it, Boston said they have no desire to bring him back. Orloff said he sounds like he might be interested in coming back, but he wants a seven-year deal. Last time, it was Brian McClellan said a three-year deal. Dan, should the Caps try bringing Dmitry Orloff back to the district? Uh, for me, that's a no. I think, like McClellan's been saying, they need to get younger. And when you sign a guy who is 31 years old, that's the opposite direction. Like, we talk about, like, 31 years old is that old. In sports, yes. In the real world, <laughs> very much not. But the reality is they need to get younger and they have a blue line right now that is more or less set barring anything crazy happening. Like I don't see a little depth would probably be nice. I think you want your seventh defenseman not 
to be Matt Irwin, but you want someone that can come in and, and fill in if someone gets hurt right before a game and you're not necessarily able to bring someone in from Hershey. So you need someone there, but you don't want that to be a young guy. Orlov, to me, he's going to cost too much. He's going to want too many years. And I think the team needs to move on from what they have been doing if they really want to get better. I don't think it's just bringing in a new head coach and being like, we're going to be great. Like, that's just not going to happen. You have holes in your lineup. And defense, for me, is not one of them. Like, if there's a part of this team besides goaltending I'm not worried about, it's the defense. I think outside the forwards is really where this team should be focused this offseason. Also signing Martin Favari to a longer-term deal. But after that, they need to focus on the forwards. And I think money is to be spent there. And I don't think you can waste it on bringing in a guy. Orlov's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's the player they need right now, considering what he's going to cost. Yeah, and I think that ultimately they should move on from him. I will always remember fondly what he did for this team, and I still, you know, revere him as a really great hockey player. I just don't like, you know, reliving history, if you will. So let's switch topics here a little bit and talk about the draft. The Caps are number eight, and I got to admit, when I was watching the draft lottery, you know, there was a percent chance that the Capitals could could land Connor Bedard. As it turns out, it looks like he's going to be headed to the Windy City, and uh, I wish nothing but the best for the Blackhawks going forward. But uh, I did this in yesterday's show where I talked about a potential person in Metfei Mishkov, um, the best Russian player to come out uh, of Russia since uh, Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Metfei Mishkov. Do you think he would be a good option? There are, uh, you know, a, a bit of a downside to him as he won't be available for a couple of years because he's under contract in the KHL. Uh, talk to me a little bit about him, or is there other another player out there that you think the Capitals should be eyeing? I'll talk to uh, Brandon on this one. Sure. Well, I mean, you got him. That would be a good pick just because, you know, the, the Capitals are so uh, Russian friendly, I guess you could say. You do have the face of, you know, Russian hockey, Alex Ovechkin on your team. I'm sure he would love to get a new uh, uh, Russian player underneath his wing, kind of show him the ropes. We saw that when Yevgeny Kuznetsov came to town. He was staying at Ovi's place for a couple, a couple uh, weeks or so. So they were getting to know each other. So I can see that happening. Uh, but you know, we do have another rookie coming in potentially from last year whose name is going to take up, you know, from shoulder to shoulder on his back. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to be in the U.S. coming up. But if you did watch the U18 uh, tournament uh, recently on the NHL Network, there were a lot of uh, great talents, especially from the USA team uh, that were on there. That uh, There's one guy that we brought up on the show a couple weeks ago, Dan, whose name escapes me right now. Uh, I think he was projected to go around like the 15th or 16th. But there's also, you know, guys like Will Smith from the U.S. team. There's a lot of homegrown talent, if you want to call it that, from the U.S. here that could definitely fit in with the Capitals very well, you know, in a couple of years down the road. Because I even at number eight, I don't think it's somebody that's going to make an immediate impact on the team. All right. So after the break, we will talk about the netminding situation for the Capitals, and then we'll take a look back a little bit. And ultimately, did the Caps do the right thing by having Holtby on the team instead of Grubauer? We'll talk about that coming up. 
Today's episode is brought to you by a product I use literally every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me and you want to eat healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging, all of these things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To look at is the net minding department. Darcy Kemper, you know, Brian McClellan really kind of swung for the fences and connected by signing at the time reigning Stanley Cup winner Darcy Kemper, another guy a bit prone to being bit by the injury bug as we saw this last season. Charlie Lindgren was signed from the Blues, uh, who didn't have a lot of you know NHL experience but played pretty well, all things considered. You know, he really kind of saved the Caps bacon in the month of December to use a Craig Lachlan term there. But for me, I think that they have another option or a trade chip available in Charlie Lindgren because Hunter Shepard is destroying it down in the AHL, ranked number two in all of the AHL last season. Do you think, I'll go to you, Brandon, on this. Do you think that Charlie Lindgren is an expendable piece that could help bolster this team, you know, to bring another player to this team if they have someone rock solid like Hunter Shepard kind of just, you know, stewing down in Hershey? Boy, man, that's that is a great question. Uh, Dan and I talked about on our show a lot about, you know, both of these guys were brought in and it was Darcy and it was Lingren and it was this guy's our number one and this guy's our number two. And then uh, Charlie Lingren would play and I'm like, man, this guy seems like a number one. This guy really does seem like a number one. And Dan's like, no, he's brought in. He's our number two. He knows that. And I understood that. But Boy, like the best month we had last season was December and, and Charlie Lindgren was the guy in the net there. So I would hate to see him go because I definitely think he is a number one goaltender. But if a team comes calling and they need a number one goaltender and they've got the kind of things that we need in return, you know, Hunter Shepard, he could be a solid number two. He really could be. Uh, absolutely. And Charlie Lindgren absolutely could be some trade bait and. I think he's done fantastic. He, like nobody knew who Charlie Lindgren was before last season, uh, but he came in and he really did prove himself. Like I, I really was saying in December, I'm like, this might be a one, a one B type of scenario. And we just got out of that and it was terrible. Let's not do that again. But Lindgren is, was fantastic. He is fantastic. I mean, with the right, with the right trade bait. Absolutely. Charlie, Charlie Lindgren could hit the road he could be a number one anywhere else in this league he's he is a great great goaltender and taking a look at it, it's an interesting position for the bears and ergo the capitals is that fukale and hunter shepherd are both unrestricted free agents at the end of the year some people were tweeting me that they've heard rumblings that fukale might be headed to the khl 
As we know, there is a plethora of talent down in Hershey and the Stingrays and Garen Bjorklund and Mitchell Gibson. And uh, there's just a lot of different options there, you know, that maybe not all NHL ready or AHL ready, but a lot of different options out there. An interesting thing at the net minding position, if we take a look at it, Phoenix Copley for the longest time was trying to find a spot on this team. He would get his opportunity and then it was dashed. And, and guess what? He went out to the Kings and killed it out there kind of unsuspectingly. I didn't really see that happening, but it's interesting that goalies that move out of Washington really do a good job. Take a look at Vanacek out in New Jersey and Ilya Samsonov, so-so. But then you take a look at Grubauer. Um, so it's an interesting thing how sometimes just changing a zip code can make a big difference. Uh, Dan, what is it for you that sometimes these goalies don't find any traction in D.C., but then they go on to other teams and destroy it? Well, I think to some extent, the, the guys that were here in the past, when you look at Grubauer, they had a someone in front of them that was the number one that was established. And it didn't make a lot of sense for the Caps to move on from Holpe at that time to give Grubauer the spot. Although they did to an extent in this in the cup run because Grubauer started the first two games against Columbus. And so I think part of the issue is has has been that in regards to Grubauer, in regards to Copley, there have been guys that at that time were playing better. Their, their stats were better. They had the contract. They were there. In terms of the gentleman from last year was Samsonov and Vanacek. I think to extent Vanacek's just on a better team now, which certainly has helped him out. Um, and then sometimes it could just be a different environment, different coaching staff it just fits better with that particular player's learning style. Um, there's a possibility, you know, when you have your goalie coach, we saw someone like Holpe. He had, I think, I believe a couple different goalie coaches when he was with the Caps. Mitch Corn was, was the big one, yeah. Yeah, the, and when he worked with Mitch Corn, that kind of helped him, helped him like switch, you know. And so I think that could be some of the issue. It depends on the team, the defense in front of them, even the forwards in front of them, the coaching. Maybe they like warmer weather. I don't know. I mean, it could be those kind of things. Just it, it's where you're comfortable. It's who you're comfortable with, and it's is the is the coach you're working with teaching you in a way that makes sense or teaching you in a way that actually clicks with you. I think Copley was kind of, you know, he came here, he was here, he went to St. Louis, right. And then came back, which I always thought was kind of cool. And then, so then you haven't given this opportunity, but they've got guys in front of them that are just more established, made sense for him to go out there and made, I didn't think Vanishek and Sam Sonoff were both leaving that last season. That was crazy, but it worked out well for both of them. And, and I'm happy for them. And it's worked out well for the caps because we have two goalies that are, that were doing very well for us when they're healthy so hindsight is 2020 and I, I question this more and more as time goes on i love holpe as you can tell i have one his jersey behind me here and you know one of the best if not the greatest capitals goaltender of all time i'd have to think about it but he's definitely up there um but given the fact that he is no longer even playing hockey did the capitals make the wrong decision or should they have gone with grubauer instead Brandon, do you think that uh, that would have been a better option? We wouldn't even be talking about Darcy Kemper necessarily. We'd have Grubauer, Gruby killing it. What do you think? I hope he, the save in Vegas. I mean, that's all you got to say. The save in Vegas. That guy secured his job as long as he wanted to have it in, in Washington. So I, I think... Holpe, he's a Stanley Cup champion. He made that save. He made some crazy saves beforehand, you know, when he was still bouncing between Hershey and the Capitals. He, th there was no way, you know, that you were just going to to let him go um, right after that. I mean, yeah, Grubauer, fantastic talent. Absolutely. Uh, without him, we wouldn't be a Stanley Cup champion team either. But 
hope he solidified himself as as the goaltender, as the guy after that. I mean, there was no way that that you were going to move on from him. And I know he I don't think he's playing at the moment or he's I don't think he's signed anywhere. I assume if his playing days are over, he's going to be a guy that you're going to see on Caps broadcasts next season or the season after. And you're going to see him in a suit, you know, doing play by play at some point. Yeah, just a real easy guy to like. I've never met him in person, but just if he's anything like he is on television, just seems like uh, a really great person. So let's. All right, so coming up after the break, we will talk about the Caps blue line. What changes are going to be made? Brian McClellan said that he wants to address the blue line, but what changes can be made when most of the blue line is under contract? We'll talk about that coming up. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals on your podcatcher of choice. I have a lot of of great guests lined up for you this summer, not to mention I have you guys covered when it comes to the draft and free agency. So make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube let's talk about the defense, the blue line. And one of the things that Max said also is he wants to address the blue line. But as I look at it, pretty much all of the blue line is under contract. Uh, Faravari, Sandine, Alexiev, Carlson, Gabriel Carlson, uh, Lucas Johansson, right side, John Carlson, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Reemsdyke, and Vinny Iorio if he comes up. So uh, just taking a look at it, other than uh, Irwin, there aren't really any you know, spots open on the blue line. So do you see if they're going to address the blue line that they're going to have to trade some of these guys out or what did, did you read into that? I mean, I'm, I'm going to think that addressing the blue line just potentially means bringing some guys up from Hershey uh, and, and addressing it that way. But I, I think addressing the blue line, maybe you would, uh, you know, you're going to have to re-sign Martin Fevari. I think he's a restricted uh, free agent at the moment, but get that deal done as quickly as you can. And they just signed Alex Alexiev uh, just a couple weeks ago. So I think you're addressing it that way, given the fact that, you know, you're you're signing Alexiev, you still have John Carlson, you've, you've uh, added in some other players. And Fevari, I think he's like your only guy that is sitting out there. I, I don't An know R- why. An RFA, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 He's the only guy that's kind of sitting out there. Just sign him up. Don't worry about him getting, you know, unrestricted down the road. Just sign that up now. Matt Irwin leaving the team. I mean, I don't think anyone, no offense to Matt Irwin, but I don't think anyone's really going to be shedding a tear to see him kind of head away, head, head away from the team. I think everybody saw more Matt Irwin than anybody, even the coaches were probably expecting to see this past season. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm overall I was pretty happy with the Caps blue line. If you took a, lo- a look at it, even when John Carlson got injured, Gustafson stepped up. Of course, he has moved on, but uh, then you know Trevor Van Riemsdyk stepped up. So all in all, I wasn't too upset with how the blue line played. It would have been interesting to see how the Caps would have fared had John Carlson, who eats up a lot of minutes for the Capitals on the blue line, how they would have played. Um, but I'm interested to see how Vinny Iorio, uh, what his future is. I know he's still a bit of a younger man, but he he seems to be doing really well down in Hershey. Uh, when do you see Dan Vinny Iorio being ready for to play on the big team, the Capitals? I feel like he's the guy that's getting the first call up next season. Assuming, of course, he's playing well in Hershey next year. But if he's playing well in Hershey, 
and someone has a, you know, minor in oh, knock on wood, a minor injury, but you know, something going on, given this past season, uh, you know, if someone's gotten hurt and they need to call someone up. I think I is probably the first guy that's coming up. I think it makes a lot of sense. You give him a couple opportunities. He comes up, he gets some minutes, not a ton third pairing defenseman. You know, if he does well, you're maybe you're giving him a little bit more. I mean, you still got to resign Sandine at some point before the end of next season. He'll be an RFA as well. Uh, but I would imagine that there's going to be contract talks with him starting at some point before either the beginning of next season or during next season, if not by the end. Um, but you just re-signed a, what, Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, and Brandon talked about Alexiev. I I don't really know where Iorio fits in, barring an injury, because you don't want to sign those guys and then trade them. I mean, that sends a message to the rest of the league in terms of like, our contracts don't actually mean anything. We don't necessarily want you here. We're just going to give you this money. And then, you know, you're just trade pieces for us. And so I think letting him get a little bit more time in Hershey, let him cook a little bit longer, give him some minutes, see what he's got. If it, you know, if it turns out he's not ready yet, you're good. You don't have to worry about it. If it turns out he is ready, then you have a good problem on your hands in terms of finding a way to get him more minutes. And at some point, then you potentially can move one of those guys out, whether it's they're not working or you need the cap space, whatever the case may be, you can move one of them out. And now you've got your spot for him. And we should say the Hershey Bears are still playing at the moment. Go Bears. <laughs> yeah. And, and the Bears uh, are killing it. You know, it's just uh, it, a bright spot, you know, if you will. The Capitals didn't have the outlook that they were looking for, but the Hershey Bears are crushing it. Um, another guy in the blue line that's kind of a question mark, a guy that we hear about every year is Lucas Johansson. Um, never really kind of just lives up to that potential. There's a lot of those guys down in Hershey. And that's kind of my belief too, is they've given these guys a lot of opportunities. And I know that Connor McMichael is playing very well down in Hershey, but at some point I want to see that translate to the big team. Very polarizing person, Connor McMichael. If I ever bring him up in the show, people are like, well, he isn't playing well because he's not given enough opportunity. And I hear that. But then the question that I posed before is that who comes out of the lineup to put Connor McMichael in? So it is a bit of a different uh, thing that the Capitals have to look at. But the next thing, All right, I want to thank Brandon and Dan from the What The Puck podcast. I'll have the third part of that interview for you guys next week. Are you an everydayer of Locked On Capitals? I would sure love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps and say, Hey, Dan, I am an everydayer of Locked On Capitals. I will give you a shout out on Friday's show. If you're a fan of other DC sports, well, Locked On has you covered as we have podcasts for Locked On Nationals, Wizards, and Commanders. So no matter what DC sports you're watching or listening to, Locked On Capitals has got you covered. All right, my name is Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'll talk to you again next time.